I'm coming in. This is Dan Elgin, USA, MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Staying at home isn't exactly ideal. Although it has its challenges, some good things can come out of it. You could have more family time, more time to binge your favorite shows, less time in traffic. At Strayer, we know that great things can happen at home. As an online university, we were built for challenging times and are committed to supporting our students. Visit us at strayer.edu to learn more. And when it's safe, visit our campus location down the street at 4655 Timber Ridge Drive, Douglasville, Georgia. Let two men and a truck take the stress out of your move. We know you have lots of stuff and no time to move it. Call the pros at Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck. Two Parkway, Dallas, Georgia, 301157. Staying at home isn't exactly ideal. Although it has its challenges, some good things can come out of it. You could have more family time, more time to binge your favorite shows, less time in traffic. At Strayer, we know that great things can happen at home. As an online university, we were built for challenging times and are committed to supporting our students. Visit us at strayer.edu to learn more. And when it's safe, visit our campus location down the street at 3000 Corporate Center Drive, Suite 100, Morrow, Georgia. Staying at home isn't exactly ideal. Although it has its challenges, some good things can come out of it. You could have more family time, more time to binge your favorite shows, less time in traffic. At Strayer, we know that great things can happen at home. As an online university, we were built for challenging times and are committed to supporting our students. Visit us at strayer.edu to learn more. And when it's safe, visit our campus location down the street at 3101 Tower Creek Parkway Southeast, Suite 700, Atlanta, Georgia. Staying at home isn't exactly ideal. Although it has its challenges, some good things can come out of it. You could have more family time, more time to binge your favorite shows, Less time in traffic. At Strayer, we know that great things can happen at home. As an online university, we were built for challenging times and are committed to supporting our students. Visit us at strayer.edu to learn more. And when it's safe, visit our campus location down the street at 4655 Timber Ridge Drive, Douglasville, Georgia. Let two men and a truck take the stress out of your move. We know you have lots of stuff and no time to move it. Call the pros at Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck. Four zero seven five. Charles Dallas, Georgia. Three zero one five seven. USDOT two six three three one six. Georgia HHG five zero 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 one four. Hello, everybody. I'm Ed Robinson, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Robinson Show. On the program, I have her back on, Lauren Williams. She's a former track and field and bobsledding athlete who has competed in the Summer and Winter Olympics, and she's now a financial planner at the podcast titled Worth Listening. Me and her, we're going to talk about the effects of the coronavirus on sports and society, Tokyo 2021 USA Track and Field. Another thing that she's got going on. That's all coming up after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robinson Show. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. 
we need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician. Staying at home isn't exactly ideal. Although it has its challenges, some good things can come out of it. You could have more family time, more time to binge your favorite shows, less time in traffic. At Strayer, we know that great things can happen at home. As an online university, we were built for challenging times and are committed to supporting our students. Visit us at strayer.edu to learn more. And when it's safe, visit our campus location down the street at 3120 Stonecrest Boulevard, Suite 200, Lithonia, Georgia. Staying at home isn't exactly ideal. Although it has its challenges, some good things can come out of it. You could have more family time, more time to binge your favorite shows, less time in traffic. At Strayer, we know that great things can happen at home. As an online university, we were built for challenging times and are committed to supporting our students. Visit us at Strayer.edu to learn more. And when it's safe, visit our campus location down the street at 3355 Northeast Expressway, Suite 100, Atlanta, Georgia. Start the year off right at Sally Beauty and stock up on hair care for the whole family. For a limited time, all hair care leaders are buy one, get one 50% off. Choose from tried-and-true brands like Ion, Bioterra, and Proclaim. This sale only happens twice a year, so don't miss out. Shop your Sally Beauty, sallybeauty.com, or on the Sally app. Download it today. Resolve for healthy, gorgeous hair and unleash your potential. Only at Sally. For every winning team, a key to success is learning the playbook. That's true in football, and it's also true as we take on the coronavirus. The spread of the coronavirus is a serious matter, but there's a game plan for keeping residents as safe as possible. Everyone has a role to play as we face this challenge together. Cover your cough with your elbow like this. Wash your hands thoroughly, a full 20 seconds. If you're sick, stay home. If you think you should be tested, Phone your help provider first. Avoid close contact with anyone who's sick. Protect your at-risk family members, including the elderly. If you're not at risk, take care as you go about your daily business. Get the facts now from coronavirus.gov and your state health department. We're all in this together. Let's team up to protect our health. Let two men and a truck take the stress out of your move. We know you have lots of stuff and no time to move it. Call the pros at Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck, 4075, Hello, Louisiana. Governor John Bell Edwards. We are in a serious fight against COVID-19. Sadly, the number of positive cases and deaths are on the rise. We need to slow the spread, but it isn't possible without your cooperation. Every single person has an important role to play. Wash your hands with warm, soapy water for 20 seconds. Use hand sanitizer. Maintain social distancing. Stay home if you're sick and follow directives of your local leaders. Together, we will make it through this. God bless. De los productores de Betty en New York, Telemundo presenta. ¿Sabes que esto se acabó? Ya. La historia de dos amigas en crisis matrimonial. ¿Sigues con la idea de separarnos? Sí. Solito pacto de un esposo que podría salvar la relación. Vamos a darnos 100 días para ver qué pasa. 100 días para enamorarnos. Una historia que los emocionará, los hará reír, llorar y reflexionar. Estreno esta noche, 98 Centro, por Telemundo. 
Let two men and a truck take the stress out of your move. We know you have lots of stuff and no time to move it. Call the pros at two men and a truck. Two men and a truck. Two men and a truck. Parkway, Dallas, Georgia, 3017. Let two men and a truck take the stress out of your move. We know you have lots of stuff and no time to move it. Call the pros at two men and a truck. Two men and a truck. Two men and a truck. Parkway, Dallas, Georgia, 3017. Staying at home isn't exactly ideal. Although it has its challenges, some good things can come out of it. You could have more family time, more time to binge your favorite shows, less time in traffic. At Strayer, we know that great things can happen at home. As an online university, we were built for challenging times and are committed to supporting our students. Visit us at strayer.edu to learn more. And when it's safe, visit our campus location down the street at 3120 Stonecrest Boulevard, Suite 200, Lithonia, Georgia. Let two men and a truck take the stress out of your move. We know you have lots of stuff and no time to move it. Call the pros at two men and a truck. Two men and a truck. Two men and a truck. Reserve Parkway, Dallas, Georgia, 3017. Staying at home isn't exactly ideal. Although it has its challenges, some good things can come out of it. You could have more family time, more time to binge your favorite shows, less time in traffic. At Strayer, we know that great things can happen at home. As an online university, we were built for challenging times and are committed to supporting our students. Visit us at strayer.edu to learn more. And when it's safe, visit our campus location down the street at 3000 Corporate Center Drive, Suite 100, Morrow, Georgia. Coming up after the break, we'll have Lauren Williams, former athlete and now doing her thing in the financial planning world. That's all coming after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robinson Show. And a fair start in the women's 200-meter dash. And look at Lauren Williams in lane four in the red uniform and the pink coming off the straightaway. The crowd comes to his feet on the outside. Simone Facey trying to hold on, but Lauren Williams in the peak continues to lead, coming to the line. Lauren Williams winning the 200 meters. Wow, and a very, very good time for Lauren Williams as well. That, if it is win legal, which it is, is the fastest time in the world. So in her advanced age in terms of sprinter years, Lauren Williams has become quite the 200-meter runner, Lewis. Well, what a workout for Lauren Williams coming to New York and competing in a packed 100-meter race and then doubling back in the 200 for a win, and you can see a bit of the fatigue. Dad, they took over my bedroom. Come on, come on. Okay, Dad. One, two, three. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. 
Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. Let two men and a truck take the stress out of your move. We know you have lots of stuff and no time to move it. Call the pros at Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck. Charles Hardy Parkway, Dallas, Georgia, 301157. Let two men and a truck take the stress out of your move. We know you have lots of stuff and no time to move it. Call the pros at Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck. Two Men and a Truck. Charles Hardy Parkway, Dallas, Georgia, 301157. This is your butt. There are many things you can do with your butt. Your butt can make you a winner. You can use your butt to celebrate. If you insist on sitting, at least take your butt around the block. At night, your butt can get you nervous. My butt. Whatever you do with your butt, get off it. One forty-five over ninety-two. One eighty over one eleven. One hundred and eighty-two over a hundred. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. This is what high blood pressure looks like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. I can't button up a shirt. I can't run. I've had to learn to swallow again. That's the only moments that I have. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. Had I done this, had I done that, hell, I messed up. Get back on your plan or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. I had to tell. Now, more than ever, Wellstar Health System knows you have questions about the best ways to stay healthy. You also want the latest information about COVID-19, and you want it all from the safety of your own home. Visit wellstar.org to use our digital COVID-19 assessment tool. You can also learn how we offer telemedicine, so you can visit with a healthcare provider virtually. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. Staying at home isn't exactly ideal. Although it has its challenges, some good things can come out of it. You could have more family time, more time to binge your favorite shows, less time in traffic. At Strayer, we know that great things can happen at home. As an online university, we were built for challenging times and are committed to supporting our students. Visit us at strayer.edu to learn more. And when it's safe, visit our campus location down the street at 3120 Stonecrest Boulevard, Suite 200, Lithonia, Georgia. In times of concern and uncertainty, Wellstar Health System is helping Georgia fight COVID-19 through comprehensive health services, including urgent care, telemedicine, primary care, and the largest trauma and emergency network in the state. Visit wellstar.org forward slash COVID-19 to find updates, tools, and resources to help you stay safe and healthy. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. The virus that causes coronavirus disease is spreading in some of our communities. This disease, also known as COVID-19, is thought to spread mainly from person to person, 
through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. These droplets can spread to the mouth, nose, or hands of people who are nearby or possibly be inhaled into the lungs. Take steps to lower your risk of getting sick. Here are some things you should do. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. You can also use hand sanitizer that contains at least 60% alcohol. Take extra measures to put distance between yourself and others. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Stay home if you're sick, except to get medical care. If you have severe symptoms, please call 911. Cover coughs and sneezes with a tissue or the inside of your elbow. Only wear a face mask if you're sick and around other people, or if you need to take care of someone who is sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched surfaces. Older adults and people who have severe chronic medical conditions, like heart or lung disease or diabetes, are at higher risk for more serious illness from COVID-19. This group should consult with their healthcare provider about additional steps to stay protected. For more information on COVID-19, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Let's work together to protect ourselves, our families, and our communities. While we wait for Lauren Williams to come on, here's a highlight from her winning being a member of the United States Women's Track and Field Relay Team. This was from 2005 in the IAAF Outdoor Women's 4x100 Meter Relay. After this highlight, we'll have her back. We'll have her on. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Helsinki. As is often the case in relays, Allison Felix has been replaced on the lead off the 4x100 by Angela Daigle. USA come into this race as favorites. Well, leading mark of 42.16. Winner of this uh, title three times, but last back in 1997. So time for them to put that record straight. The U.S. will run Daigle, Lee, Barbara, and Williams. Colombia, Poland, France, Jamaica, Belarus, United States, Brazil, and Nigeria. Belarus are impressive in their heat, not least they have the Olympic champion Nestorenko on the lead-off leg. U.S., of course, have the individual 100-meter champion, Lauren Williams, running on their final leg here. Colombia, on the inside, set a national record in their heats. Murillo, Palacios, Obregón, and González. Poland go in lane two with Dorobis, Onisko, Dido, and Brzezinska. Now France, the champions, of course, two years ago. Fantastic victory there. Christine Aron anchored their team. This time they've got a different team. They're Bouval, Jacques Sebastien, Dia, and Aron. Jamaica, Browning, Simpson, Bailey, and Campbell. Second in the individual 100 meters. Bailey also a, a semi-finalist there. There's Nesterenko, who shows uh, she's come right back to form. 
making the final of the individual hundred then Sologup, Nevermitskaya and Dragoon and the USA have Angela Daigle, Muna Lee, Lisa Barber, Lauren Williams. Angela Daigle, the leadoff runner, sixth in the US Championships at 100 this year. Lane seven have Brazil, De Costa, De Moura, Ignacio, and Dos Santos. And Nigeria have Kemis Rodi, Ojikolo, Osayomi, and Nku. Well, two years ago, France took the gold medal from the United States, but the French team is not as good as it was then, even though Christine Aron will once again anchor them. The US are favourites. Got to get that baton round, though, which the men failed to do. Angela Daigle to Muna Lee to Lisa Barber to Lauren Williams. Colombia, Poland, France, Jamaica, Belarus, United States, Brazil, Nigeria. Final of the women's 4 by 100 meters. Daigle in six, and the Olympic champion Nestorenko leading off Belarus inside. Jamaica also goes reasonably well with Browning, but it's the United States have had a fine leg, and Brazil going well as well. Now, baton change, yes, no problems as Muna Lee breaks down the back, back straight. Jamaica are, are running well, probably in second, and the Be Belarus in third. And now, US take on again. Lisa Barber, the US champion, well clear of the rest of the field. Jamaica running down Belarus. Barber will pass over to Lauren Williams, Jamaica in second, USA and Jamaica, a long way clear. We've got uh, Colombia on the inside and Belarus, but it is Lauren Williams streaking across the line, world clear, Jamaica takes second. In third place, it's Belarus, and a world-leading time has been set by the United States in coming to a clear victory there. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room, you don't go to a clinic, you get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do, but the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room, I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician. Are you feeling under the weather, green around the gills, not 100%, sick as a dog? Then be a no-show and stay out of the loop. Don't crunch the numbers and work inside the box. In other words, if you're sick, stay home from work. Stay. What's up, everybody? Uh, I know this time is pretty hectic and crazy, and there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, out there. But uh, just want to take the time to encourage everybody to practice social distancing to the best of their abilities. I know, um, you know, people are in a lot of different situations and a lot of demands, you know, from person to person. But as best we can, practice social distancing so we can get rid of the spread of this virus as soon as possible, flatten the curve. 
Make sure you stay six feet away from people. Wash your hands when you're going inside, outside as much as you can. Water and soap. And uh, we can all come together collectively to stop the spread of this virus. So everybody do their part. I'm doing mine. I'm at home. Me and my family really enjoying family time. Um, but as best you can, social distance yourself. And uh, we can flatten the curve and get rid of this virus as soon as possible. Appreciate it. Stop the spread. Let's do it. Wash your hands with soap and water before you eat, after using the toilet, after touching anything many other people touch, like a seat on a public bus. Scrub thoroughly for 20 seconds. If you cannot wash your hands, use a hand sanitizer. Taking these steps can prevent not only coronavirus, but also colds and flu and other viruses. For more information, visit the World Health Organization's website, www.who.int, or the Centers for Disease Control's website, www.cdc.gov. Welcome back to the program, and uh, I believe we have her on right now, so let's go right to our guest. Uh, we want to welcome Lauren Williams to the program. We're just uh, waiting for her to come on in just one moment. Let's see if she's on on the uh, program. Uh, Lauren, are you there? I'm here. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Lauren. How's everything? Everything is going great. Um, <laughs> as good as it can go during a COVID crisis, yeah. I know. I understand. Yeah, everybody's going going through it right now, so we're all doing the best that we can. But I just want to say thank you uh, so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, come on the program. We really appreciate it. And I am glad to be here. All right. So uh, let's get right to it. So, um, yeah, the, the whole world is facing this uh, global pandemic right now, the coronavirus or COVID-19. Just um, in, in your world, of course, uh, you being a former athlete and just being in everyday society, what are some of, in your opinion, what are some of the, how has the coronavirus impacted you, not just in terms of your, um, in your dealings in, 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 in the athletic world, but also in what you do in financial planning and just in society in general? Yeah, so, I mean, the thing that's really interesting about this is that, like you said, is it, impa- it is impacting the whole world, and then it's impacting everyone differently. So I think one of the things that I've become really aware of is how we kind of operate in silos, and um, it's really, really important during a time like this to keep perspective um, and just be able to think outside the box about the ways that, one, other people are handling this um, emotionally, but then also the way that they're being affected. So as an example, I work with a lot of athletes. And there are many Olympic athletes. You know, the 2020 Olympic Games was supposed to be this year. It's now been postponed for a year. Um, So the effect is major for athletes that were in the best shape of their lives and getting ready to make a team. Some Olympic sports have already named their team. 
and now we got to hope that, that that team is still in good shape come this time next year and that they're injury-free injury come this time next year. Whereas, on the other hand, there are some who didn't get a chance to be named, and they're wondering, you know, are they ever going to get a competition in this year, you know, to now prepare for next year, and then what the trial process is going to look like. So in track and field, as an example, they're doing the Olympic trials. Um, there's also going to be another major championship. And, you know, it's, it's now become like kind of a do, uh, double or nothing sort of year instead of just a one big thing that year. On top of that, um, there are many athletes who um, are older, and this was their, supposed to be their last Olympic game. So, you know, they were giving it all they got to give one 2020 one last chance and this one last uh, Olympic shot. And now they're wondering, like, is my body even going to hold up another 18 months for me to be able to go after this? So, you know, there are people nationwide that are dealing with unemployment. Uh, my job now is not as an athlete, but it's as a financial planner. So I'm helping uh, my clients sort through what their options are. Um, some have become unemployed, and we're looking at, you know, what the unemployment in the stimulus package can do. Um, you know, thank God I, you know, talk to them a lot about having an emergency fund. So that helps quite a bit, but you can imagine people are very, very nervous and uncertain during this time. Um, then there are those clients that are small business owners, and they have, you know, totally been rocked by this because they can't run their business. There is no virtual option available, and um, there's stimulus options for that as well. CARES Act has things, but it's really hard to navigate. And, um, you know, they've been not done a really good job of unrolling the CARES Act. So there's a program, as an example, called the EIDL, um, and it's an emergency disaster loan that people can uh, sign up for. Um, but then there's also an advance related to it. And so initially they said that uh, you're going to get a $10,000 grant, which is kind of like free money. And now they've kind of backed off of that and said, you know, you can get up to $10,000. And then the latest thing we've just heard is that it might be $1,000 per employee. So if you're one person, that's pretty much $1,000, which is still better than nothing. But, you know, as a small business, you might need a lot more than $1,000 to get your business going. Um, another program is called the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, and they've opened that and they said, okay, we're not going to discriminate with just, you know, big small businesses. or you know, They're called small businesses, but, you know, there are some smaller small businesses that are just independent contractors, sole proprietors you know, just self-employed people, and they said, yeah, you guys are eligible too, but the big problem there is a lot of self-employed people write off a lot of expenses. So, you know, in an effort to avoid paying taxes or to keep your tax liability low, it's like, oh, everything I do is a business expense. Well, that result is on your Schedule C where all these business expenses are reported. Line 31 is where they look to see if you have a profit or loss, and if you have a profit, it's very, very, very small. So now you're not eligible for the Paycheck Protection Program because you don't have any profits to show. Um, so it's a really, really tough time to navigate. Indeed it, did, indeed it is a tough time to navigate, not just in the sports world, but also what you mentioned and what you do as a financial planner. We're going to get more into uh, financial planning and, and all of that stuff in just a, a little bit, but I want to continue to more about what's currently going on with COVID-19. Now, where you're currently based out of, have people – respect the social distancing measures? Are people doing their part just to stay inside because there's been um, things in the nation where um, the, the president wants to, I don't want to make this too political, but I know the president has said that he, he's anxious to reopen business again and he wants to get the economy rolling again, but 
uh, are, are people uh, until that happens, whenever that does happen, are people respecting the social distancing measures? Are people doing their part to be safe and stay stay inside? Well, I think that, um, you know, some people are and some people aren't. Um, I mean, it's a great big world out there. America has, I think, roughly 330 million people in it. Um, so it's a lot of people to try to kind of keep indoors and, you know, to dis- discern who's essential and who's not essential. And, you know, the other thing that I think that's really hard with this COVID crisis is that it's springtime. So, you know, people have been indoors for the most part all winter, especially in the Northeast where it's cold or, you know, the Midwest uh, where the mountains are and things. So now the sun is starting to come out, the flowers are starting to blossom, and you're telling everybody to stay indoors. And so it's just been a little bit harder, um, in addition to this just being very unexpected for everyone. So, um, yeah, uh, in Dallas, Texas, we are currently um, in shelter in place until um, April the 30th. And I think for the most part, people have been really, really following it. I had to go out and get dog food the other day, and the roads are pretty empty. Um, and it was a beautiful day out, and I was wondering, you know, is there going to be tons of traffic? And you said, am I, am I, am I going to be one of a few people on the road, or am I going to be one of many on the road? Because um, you don't really know if you're one of the people that's staying at home. So um, I think people are doing the, the best they can in light of a situation that, um, like I said, is unprecedented. And I think that's what's, what's important is that we not spend a lot of time, like, judging others and their decisions, but, um, you know, sticking within your values and honoring what other people's values are. So as an example, uh, my assistant is very, very um, concerned about the virus and has not left her house at all um, during the time that they put the shelter in place, um, has ordered her groceries, disinfected them outside her door, et cetera. Um, and I very much respect that, you know, that she does not want to go anywhere whatsoever. Whereas, you know, I'm okay with like going to the grocery store and, um, you know, social distancing while in the grocery store. I'm not doing, nothing's open to do anything extra anyway. But um, so there's just different levels of people's comfort level. And I think we need to respect instead of saying, I can't believe you left the house. How dare you? You're not doing your part for the rest of the world or, um, you know, those sorts of things. I can't believe you're walking the dog right now. You just need to put it in the yard and bring it back in. Or, you know, everyone is kind of trying to impose their values on others. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, for people's sanity and stuff, um, some people are handling it different ways, and they may need to go on a long walk with their dog as long as they stay the social distance that's required and that's what their state says they can do or their city, then, you know, they're well within their right. And, you know, we, we just need to all kind of band together during this time instead of kind of, um, what's the word, villainizing one another. You're definitely right about that. We all need to band together and just do our part and do what we can during this difficult time right now now this is a, a this is a sports program so uh, while we're still um with the COVID 19 uh, pandemic march 11th 2020 was a is a day that lives in infamy not just in the nba but particularly in the sports world that's when utah jazz player rudy gobert tested positive for COVID 19 and after that that uh that game between the utah jazz and the oklahoma city thunder was canceled and then the rest of the games were canceled during that day. And then as a result, it was a, a domino effect after that. The rest of the NBA season was suspended. A ton of sporting events were uh, postponed or canceled. And as you mentioned earlier, Lauren, you know, the springtime is a, is, is a busy time where people want to want to be out. And also in the sports world, it's busy as well with the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, and um, a ton of golf tournaments. Wimbledon has been canceled, and it's a it, it has it, it was a domino effect. So, 
when you found out about Rudy Gobert and then uh, the following day with his teammate Donovan Mitchell testing positive, just what were your thoughts with the NBA suspending their season and then it trickling down to the other uh, other sporting events? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the sports season shutting down kind of, like I said, not just um, nationwide but worldwide um, is going to have a long-term lasting impact. Uh, once again, somebody might be out there, you know, thinking like I'm a sports fan and I'm missing sports, but, you know, these are, you know, thousands of athletes that no longer have their means of income. Um, these are thousands of sponsors that um, no longer have their, um, you know, their marketing tool. Um, in addition to them losing lots of money. So when they come back to this landscape, when sports do open back up, um, you know, the economic impact it's had on them may not allow them to get back into whatever marketplace that they were in. Um, It's a huge concern from an Olympic standpoint, which is, you know, once every four years. So to move something a whole year out and all the marketing they've done up to and, um, you know, the companies that are losing money just – uh, in and of themselves, whatever products they offer, in addition to money, funds that they invested in the Olympic Games that they, they didn't get to, um, you know, see come to fruition because the games have been changed, um, is going to have a huge and long-lasting economic impact. I know, um, you know, like I said, once again, from my standpoint, I'm always looking for, you know, the, the interest of my athletes and their endorsement deals. Um, anybody who was in a contract this year that was that was ready to expire, I'm very nervous that they're not going to be um, eligible for um, renewal, uh, that they're going to want to hold off. So I'm going to have a lot of clients that had sponsors this year and of no fault of their own are not going to have a job come January 1st when their contract expires, just simply because the companies are trying to recover financially from things. Um, And to head into your next season and, you know, if you're an Olympic athlete with no sponsorship and no means of income is a huge deal. Um, I mean, the other thing we're thinking about here is, like, high school athletes whose season has been canceled um, who are maybe eligible to get recruited to go to college. If they hadn't signed yet, um, they might be on hold because they didn't get to perform and show that they can, you know, do this. Um, Or they're heading to college and um, they're not sure if their first year of college is going to be online or if school's going to be open. And uh, it's just changing the landscape of even being able to create the camaraderie that comes from being on a team. Um, same thing for college athletes that were finishing their eligibility and may be eligible to go pro, go pro. Um, you know, this is the, uh, the NFL draft. This is the, you know, NBA draft. This is, like I said, uh, track and field wise, this was the Olympic year. This was the best earnings opportunity that could have ever come about. Uh, you would have gotten in, in June to showcase your stuff. Well, first you would have got to go to your national, the NCAA championships and show your stuff. And then a month later at the Olympic trials, um, those are six, $700,000 contracts that could have been offered to athletes based on their performance because they want the people who are going to be on that Olympic team um, in that uniform. Now you can either sign a contract and, you know, maybe it's a really low contract because they didn't get to see you perform, um, but they're going off of previous year's uh, performance, or um, you, you will be going into, like you said, this year or next year with no contract. So now you've graduated college this May, and you've got to make it all the way to next June where you get to stretch your stuff uh, so that you can get a contract, but now you have no income because you were a college athlete. Um, so now you got to go get a job or something between now and then, uh, which is going to take time away from you being able to perform and train. And, yeah, it's created quite a conundrum. Indeed, indeed, it has created quite a conundrum, and you definitely uh, made some noise in um, 
the next topic that we're going to talk about, as you, we meant, you mentioned earlier, the Olympics. Tokyo has been postponed until next summer. We're going into 2021. Now, USA, there were several countries that were going to be that that were going to be pulling out of the Olympics. It was Australia and Canada said that they would, they would not send their athletes to Tokyo if the Olympics had continued to be you know, continued to go on as planned. And you were very outspoken with USA Track and Field not should not be participating if the Olympics went on this year. And then USA Swimming also made the same statement as well. And, of course, the USA Track and Field pulled out as well. So now with Tokyo being postponed until the summer of 2021, do you think the IOC made the decision too late, or do you think they made it kind of like at the right time when, um, when, when the pressure was being put on them? Yeah, I think that they, um, you know, I think they were trying to hold out as long as possible, like I said, with a lot of uncertainty, and I could kind of see where they were coming from with, you know, hoping that this was not going to get as bad as it did um, and kind of crossing their fingers for the best because there was no guidance initially. So for them to kind of pull the trigger prematurely and then, you know, it ended up not being something that, you know, was going to affect them that would have damaged them greatly. So, I think that yeah, I understand their point of view and trying to hold out, um, but also like um, the other sports were seeing the writing on the wall and they were saying, hey, you got to follow suit with what everyone else is doing um, and you need to do that sooner rather than later. And I remember frequently, you know, talking to coaches and things during that time and, you know, I'm in a couple of organizations and athlete advisory committees and things like that. So these group chats and, you know, it was just how much mental stress was on the athlete because they're seeing other sports around them getting canceled, but they're showing up to training every day and, you know, feeling like, well, the Olympics is coming. Or, you know, some of them were a part of cities that canceled pretty early. So now they're feeling like the Olympics is not canceled, but I'm stuck in my house. There's no sports facility that's open. My my training facility has been closed um, yet and still, um, you know, my my competitors are out there competing and I'm stuck in the house. So what am I going to do? So, while they made the decision, I think, a little bit late uh, in comparison to others, I can kind of understand their side of it, um, but I'm glad that the decision did get made because athletes were suffering um, while they were while, while they were delayed. Yeah, athletes are, were indeed suffering, and they're suffering right now. And um, let's go into this segue into our next topic with the USA track and field. You know, Lauren, you're involved, you've been involved, and you're still involved with a lot of uh, Olympic uh, track and field athletes, United States uh, track and field in general, and just being a spokes, being one of these folks uh, persons for uh, USA track and field. Now, this year, as you mentioned earlier, this was an Olympic year, and when it's an Olympic year, it's always busy in track and field. A lot of major events have been canceled as a result of this pandemic, and this was we were getting just getting to into the thick of things in the track and field schedule. You had the USA outdoor and indoor competitions, of course the Olympic trials, you had um Drake relays, the Mount Sac relays, the pin relays, about uh, the game the boost uh, Boston games as well as the uh, Adidas Grand Prix and the Pre Fontaine and the, the New Balance games and the Millrose games. So certainly this is the time of the year like spring well, really, um, January really going into the early part of the fall in an Olympic year, it is always huge. From what 
from the athletes that you've spoken to, how do they feel about all, all, all of this, this going on and just trying to process everything? Yeah, um, you know, like I said, I'm fortunate to work with quite a few athletes and um, all sports, Olympic and Paralympic, and um, the track and field athletes, like I said, are pretty um, just kind of bummed out that, like I said, the uncertainty, I think, is the biggest thing. So in track and field, there are some athletes who earn money via sponsorships, and then there are others that, um, you know, work and they don't have any sponsorship. They depend heavily on prize money. So with no season, there is no prize money to earn, um, and then they need to pick up their hours at whatever kind of side job they have, um, but their side job is probably shut down because they're doing something that's kind of based on being hourly. Um, and there's hourly, there's, you know, they just, a lot of those businesses that depend on hourly workers are down to zero, and, it, you know, you're, you're not fired, you just have no hours. Um, so there's no income. Um, because they don't have a salary. So that's been really, really hard, and they're just trying to figure out how to close the gap in the meantime and how to stay active. Um, those that have parks that are open are running in parks, um, and then there are some that have no availability to to train anywhere, and they're super frustrated because if there's a season, um, and the season is, let's call it October, November, um, you know, their fitness may be less than their um, their competitors' fitness because of where they live. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, it gets cold in October, November. So track season generally happens in the middle of the summer. Um, so is it going to be put us at an advantage or a disadvantage to be competing um, at that time? What places are, are eligible to or, you know, warm enough to compete in October, November? Well, we think about the Californians and the Floridas, and they're warmer, um, but – you know, they're also more expensive. So, you know, where you could have gone somewhere else that was cheaper in summer, like we have a lot of track meets in Iowa as an example, not a very high cost of living place. So it's an affordable place for us to host a race and it ends up being really nice. But um, so, yeah, there's just a lot of like uncertainty, I think, for everyone. And I think that we just got to figure that out and, and get through it. And like I said, everybody's got to kind of deal with the collateral damage and and move forward. Have you been in contact with the U.S. US ATF in terms of a short-term and a long-term plan in, in terms of uh, resuming th- these uh, competitions in the event that uh, somehow some way the, the, the curve is, is really flattened with the uh, COVID-19 crisis? Yeah, a lot of the organizations are talking about, you know, contingency plans. So, the you know, the problem is that the contingency plan is a contingency plan for the contingency plan sort of thing at this point. And so it's like best-case scenario, if the world opens up on April the 30th, which I think a lot of people are still kind of crossing their fingers for, you know, here's how we could unroll things. Here's the earliest we could get things done. Um, if this is delayed yet another month, you know, here's what it would look like. Um, and, they're yeah, so they're just constantly creating – different strategies or, you know, maybe sports goes back, but what if social distancing is placed? Can you imagine an NBA stadium where they say, like, you know, we're going to refund uh, 80% of the tickets because only 20% of the people can show up uh, because we need to keep empty seats between everybody or something like that. Um, so they're thinking about things like that, like, uh, you know, inviting only a certain number of athletes to a meet, um, having no fans, which means no fans means no ticket sales. Uh, so that's going to continue the further the economic impact. And, yeah, every, every sport is kind of thinking through, like, 
you know, what are the alternatives in light of the situation? And I think the thing that's been cool about this is that a lot of sports are working together to try to come up with plans and, you know, best case scenarios and um, brainstorm ideas. Okay, well, certainly um, while ideas are being brainstormed in the world of sports, and certainly uh, you are a winner not just um, in track and field, but also you're winning in another area, which is money and financial planning, and it's definitely something that people need a lot of these days in this uh, current uh, uncertain times that we're in right now. And you have a program, you have actually have a, a financial planning firm called Worth Winning. So uh, just tell the audience out there what you've been doing with Worth Winning, and especially during this uh, time of uncertainty. Yeah, so I run a comprehensive financial planning company that is uh, focused on serving young professionals. So generally my clients are in their 20s and 30s. Um, and I focus on all aspects of your finances. So whether that's student loans, which, you know, I'll, I'll kind of throw in a tidbit here. Uh, student loans have been put on forbearance for the next six months. Uh, if you have federal student loans and they're 0% interest and it still counts toward uh, forgiveness if you're enrolled in an income-driven plan. So if you're going for public service or taxable forgiveness, um, you're getting six months of no payments. And just really want to encourage everybody to take advantage of things like that uh, where they're not harming you at all um, for the next six months. And if your income has not been affected, um, to really boost your savings during that time, um, to you know pay down debt if you um, you know need to tackle that other debt, like credit card debt. Um, you know, little things like that or increase your retirement savings during that six months. So really cool things that you're able to do. And, and that's what I do in my business is I'm thinking about those things for clients so that I can shoot them emails and say like, hey, um, here's an opportunity. Here's something you may not have known about. Um, you know, let's, let's get on it. So whether it's helping people create a budget, um, investing. So, you know, this is obviously a time of great uncertainty as it pertains to investments. And, um, you know, just talking to clients through that and helping them understand that, um, we're not pulling out of the market despite it being very volatile right now. We have a long-term plan. Um, and also the importance of, like you said, investing for the long-term versus trying to get rich quick, which I think a lot of people, you know, invest on their own or watching the market and they, you know, try to time it to get out before it plummeted and they were holding in cash to get back in. And, um, you know, I don't believe in those kind of tactical strategies. So I explain to my clients, you know, the, the alternative if you're not willing to be, waking up every day looking at the market and watching it all day long because you got a job, um, what we do is, is what we call passive investing for the long term. So we don't need to be stressed out about what's happening right now in the market um, because it's not um, not going to impact our, our long-term strategy. So um, all things finances is what I help people deal with. Um, like I said, understanding, like, the best way to pay their debt off is that's something they need to tackle. Are they properly insured if they have children and a, a spouse? Um, you know, do they have estate documents in place? Because a lot of people think that estate planning is only for rich people, but, you know, estate planning is about what happens if you were to become disabled or if you were to pass away. Um, and it really matters for money. Like if you don't tell your, tell your money where to go in the event of some of those things, then it can kind of get tangled up and it can cause a lot of grief and strife for your loved ones. So um, those are the things that I'm thinking about for my clients and talking to my clients about. And I'm just really trying to help people, you know, one family at a time, have better organized finances. That's all very vital information right there, Lauren. You know, and definitely you've uh, been telling you've been doing a great job in doing that. And certainly uh, that could not have come at a better time. And certainly 
one thing that you mentioned earlier that I want to talk about is an emergency savings fund. People really over people really overlook that, and you, you know you, we never know what life is going to bring. We we don't we don't know the uncertainties of life, and certainly this is an uncertain an unprecedented time that we're in right now. Have you do you stress your your clients constantly about an emergency savings fund for for times like this? Not, not just with unemployment, but just with um, unexpected events like what we're going through right now. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, the the big thing I always drive home day after day, time after time, is emergency funds are incredibly important. And it's really, really hard, and it's kind of counterintuitive for people because, you know, if you look on the Internet, the, they'll tell you that the general emergency fund should be three months of expenses. Um, I actually go a step further, and I say it should be three three months of take-home pay, so not just expenses, but three months of income. And people see, you know, Three months is a quarter of the year. So 25% of what you make for a whole year um, is what I want you to have in the bank um, sitting in cash. And people are just like, what? That is mind-blowing. That's a lot of money. Like, um, it's one, because they're not used to saving at that rate. And, um, you know, rightfully so. There's there's a lot of different expenses out there that um, kind of suck up our income at this point, and things are getting more and more expensive every day. So, the lower income you are, the harder it is to save up that, that 20 or 25%, and the more likely you are to be living paycheck to paycheck. Um, but people are always grateful when they prioritize saving, and they do have that emergency fund. Um, I had a client that thanked me just recently and said, just, you know, I know I fought you on it, and I'm really glad that we have so much money sitting in cash right now because, you know, they're talking about cutting our salaries by 20%. Um, for less than the next three or four months just to keep the company open. And I'm grateful to have a job because I know some people don't, but, you know, that's a great time for that, that emergency fund to kick in and kind of fill in the gaps for us. So thank you for um, kind of pushing me to do that. Um, and I, I'll say, too, that a lot of people don't really um, jive with the idea of paying a financial planner because they're just like, I'm trying to organize my money, but you want to take some of my money, so and i got to pay you so that I can learn about my money and – you know, that's kind of also counterintuitive, but the value that you get from an expert is something that is, um, you know, end up, ends up being priceless. And so you got to think of a financial planner um, similar to the way that you would think of a, a doctor or, you know, health insurance or something like that. Like um, you're, you're all too happy to pay the, doctor, the doctor's bill because, um, you know, that's your life that, that was on the line. And if you're not alive, then, yeah, you know, what are you working or living or doing anything for? So, um, if you got to pay that bill in order to keep things going or, you know, to have the health insurance is another one, like it's expensive and it is not fun when you're healthy to be paying health insurance. But, you know, when you get sick and it costs thousands and thousands of dollars um, and that health insurance kicks in, you're really, really grateful um, to have it at that time. So, you know, financial planning is similar in that regard to where um, it's an investment in yourself so that you can continue to move forward so that, um you don't get sick. You know, we can, we can do preventative care, if you will, on your finances, or, you know, we can rehab you back to good health. um, And you you can't necessarily do those things on your own because you don't have all the resources or the information you need to be able to do so. Um, A lot of people try to do it on their own and they're unsuccessful. So now I switch from healthcare over to kind of fitness and, you know, compare it to kind of a financial, uh, I mean, a, a personal trainer. So everybody has the ability to go outside, run around the block, do push-ups, sit-ups, et cetera, and you can do all of that for free at any time. But, you know, 
uh, in America, we are struggling with obesity rates. And it's despite everybody having access to basic things like that for free. Well, you know, sometimes you need to be able to work in a community. Sometimes you don't know what exercise is, is appropriate for your body type. Um, you know, if you're, you're really big right now, you got to start by walking because it's going to be a lot of pressure on your knees. Um, you know, the, which, you know, weightlifting versus doing kind of general strength kind of exercises and, um, you know, how are you going to burn body? Is it aerobic or anaerobic kind of exercises? Like there's so many different things. And then you enlist the help of a personal trainer that learns, learns more about your body type and creates a customized workout just for you so that you can get results. Um, so yes, that is something you can do by yourself in the same way organizing your finances is something you can do on your own. But, um, if you're not doing it and you're not reaching your goals by trying to do it on your own, then you may need to enlist the help of someone else. And then enlisting that help of someone else, um, is an expert who spends a lot of time learning about this stuff so they can help you be efficient, um, and then customize a plan specific to you. That's interesting right there. You've given us uh, a lot of uh, financial tidbits right there and uh, certainly, you know, you continue to not only make make those things known on with with your business with worth winning, but also you have a podcast titled Worth Knowing, where you bring not just your expertise, but you have different guests on to talk about fi- uh, financial planning and in- investments and things of that nature. Just tell our audience a little bit about the Worth Worth uh, Winning podcast. I'm sorry, the Worth Listening podcast. Yeah, Worth Listening um, is a podcast that was created to um, help people feel better about just discussing money topics. So money is very taboo. Um, you know, if I said, Ed, how much you make? You might like hang up on me right now because that's what people think of when they think about having money discussions. But there's a lot of different ways to answer questions like that um, without going into the numbers. Um, and that's not the most important thing. The numbers are not the most important part of um, talking about finances. And that's what people miss out on as well. When they think about finances, all they think about is, you know, how much do I have in the bank or how much I don't have in the bank and how much do I make versus how much do I think I should be making. And those two kind of things hit the pause button on people wanting to talk about finances at all um, when there's so much more. You know, instead you and I could be having a conversation to say, you know, um, what kind of employer benefits does your company offer? Oh, you got a 401k? Well, do they offer an employer match? And you say, oh, I don't know what that is, Lauren. I'm saying, well, the employer match, and, you know, I don't need to be a financial professional. Maybe I just know this because my company has an employer match. Um, The employer match is where your employer matches however much you put in. So it's a great idea for you to put money in, Ed, because if you put 3% in, your employer is also going to put 3% in, which means you're actually saving 6%. So you don't want to leave that free money on the table. um, And you're like, wow, that's so cool. Thanks for sharing that information. So my goal is to get people to have basic conversations like that because you never know how you could help someone else in their finances by simply sharing what you know and feeling comfortable to talk about it. Um, You know, like I said, there's lots of things around there where we're much more likely to talk about our sex life than we are to talk about our financial life. But I really, really want to shift that paradigm and get people to feel more comfortable talking about their finances and, like I said, not about the numbers but about the strategies that they're using so that um, other people can also implement those strategies and that we can all be better off. Because while I would like for everybody to have a financial planner, I know that that's not the most realistic thing, um, and that some of the basic things that we can share by simply being a community and in community with one another um, can really change the trajectory of someone's financial life. You can do savings uh, challenges with your friends, um, you know, 
You can do debt pay down challenges with your friends. Uh, you can get on the internet and Google financial topics with your friends. These are the kind of things that are awesome, productive, and they help everybody move forward. So if you're really, really um, set on helping your community, then having these discussions and figuring out how to have these discussions with others is an important part of, um, you know, moving, making changes in the world. Absolutely, and uh, you're right about making changes in the world. And, you know, money is, is a, a big important factor. Like you said, a lot of people don't want to talk about it and people downplay it, but money is, is, is a vital part of life. And, you know, I mean, it's not everything, but it's certainly something that we definitely need and it keeps things afloat, especially, in, you know, in emergency situations in times like this. And speaking of, um, you know, times like this, you've also gotten into the uh, the book world. You've recently written a book titled, titled The Oval Office. Can you tell our audience just a little bit about uh, this current, this new book that you've written? Yeah, so my book is called The Oval Office, and it is an um, athlete's guide or Olympian's guide to professional track and field. So um, it talks quite a bit about how to be a professional track and field athlete which is something that not a lot of people know or understand. Um, so just navigating this world and helping them know what it means to be a professional track and field athlete I think was a really important part, and it was something for me to give back to the sport because I didn't know what to do um, when I was becoming professional at 20 years old. Um, we're not very official in the sense like the NFL draft, you know, the next step, you know, there's a combine, you know, there's these pro days where they come to your schools, um, and track and field is, is not quite as cute and neat and organized because the sport is much smaller. Um, so it's kind of like you graduate and either you ran fast enough that um, sponsors are kind of courting you and you need to figure out how to get an agent and there's agents courting you and you got to figure out, you know, who's right for me and who's wrong for me. And, you know, just a month before you were living off a thousand bucks a month as a, as a college student and everything was taken care of for you. Now you're making some very, very adult decisions. Uh, because you are now a business owner um, as an elite uh, athlete. And so I just wanted to give people the um, information they needed to be able to better navigate that. And so that's what the book is about, um, how to hire an agent, how to find a coach, um, financial planning topics, uh, sponsorship and branding, you name it. Um, it has information in there about, you know, best ways to handle yourself in light of being uh, a new professional athlete. I want to stay with you mentioned about sponsorships. We know tracking, uh, like as you mentioned earlier, it's a sport that that is it's not all it's not nice and it's not neat and it's not organized. And I want to and it's and it's smaller, but I want to. Add, I was always intrigued about sponsorship deals in track and field. Uh, before this pandemic happened, what was when you were competing? What was it like? How, what was it like for athletes to obtain sponsorships? Did you have to go to conventions, or was it just based on you just winning races and scouts would would find you, or how did that work in terms of of uh, launching sponsorship deals? Yeah, so in Olympic sports, it's very much about exposure and um, you know who you know and. Um, Track and field in particular, it's very shoe company-based. So um, shoe companies are watching the sports very closely and the athletes very closely. And at the time at which they're ready to come out of school or they run a really good time, you know, they'll start to kind of show their interest either via agent or um, through a parent or something like that. And, um, you know, an athlete can decide to leave their eligibility early in order to take sponsorship dollars. 
um, and become a pro athlete, or they can wait until they're finished with their eligibility and then pursue being a professional athlete. Um, but, yeah, shoe companies is a big thing. And then these other smaller companies are kind of, you know, you kind of, like I said, strutting your stuff for them, you sliding in their DMs, um, your agent trying to go after different companies, you know, just staying on the lookout for opportunities that people hear about. Um, so it's very much a hodgepodge. Um, and swimming, you know, it's a lot more like um, swim trunks or goggles and things like that that are sponsors. Um, but then you need to go find additional sponsors above and beyond that. So that's, you know, sometimes uh, protein powders or supplements and things like that. Uh, there's also, um, you know, different kind of like tech companies and things like that that are now like your startups. So they have a lot of money and they're trying to infuse. You're like, oh, here's some younger people with lots of followers. I can get them to kind of talk about my thing or you know my camera works underwater um i'll give you ten thousand bucks if you swim underwater with it every day at practice that kind of stuff so it's very very much a hodgepodge of different options that are available depending on what sport you're in um and what um sponsors already exist and then you know what your ability is to go after sponsors and try to make them reach out to you how does prize money work in contests are are there different uh, ranges in prize money in terms of winning competitions in, in the U.S. or traveling overseas? How does the uh, the prize money work? Yeah, so it varies by sport. Um, so prize money could be based on, like you said, the place that you get if you're in swimming or track, um, you know, what, what number you are in the competition. So 10000 to win, 8000 to get second, 3000 to get third, and, you know, on down the line as, you know, as an example – um, but then it's also matters on the caliber of the race. A uh, big race could be 20000 to win, and a small race could be 1000 to win. Um, so it just it just varies based on where you are. And then there's also appearance fees where um, if you're a bigger name athlete, you can get a, um appearance fee just for just showing up. So that's another thing that's really um, important to think about is um, what that looks like. When you were competing, were you rate were you were you paid more to compete overseas, or you compete were you paid more to compete in the states? Oh, well, there's not a lot of op- opportunities to compete domestically, so track and field happens generally abroad. Um, so mm-hmm. we're still working very hard now to get domestic opportunities for track and field, um, and you know, kind of football is king over here, or the you know the big three sports, the hockey, the NBA. Um, even MLB, so I guess there's big four. Um, so it's really hard to fill up a stadium for a track and field meet here in, in America, and it's been, you know, tough for us to be able to get domestic opportunities. So generally things happen abroad. Okay. All right. Well, uh, great job as always, Lauren. Now, I know considering the circumstances that the whole world is in right now, but I know you you keep it busy as best as you can. So just tell our audience just a, a little bit about uh, what you're currently doing right now. Yeah, I'm um, staying indoors like everyone else. Um, me and my great Dane Yasu, we go for a run every day. So trying to stay active and keep some sort of health and fitness. And um, big projects that I'm working on is, uh, I would say, well, I just finished a course, so that's a big deal. So my my thing is being able to provide financial planning to the masses, and not everyone can afford to work with me one-on-one. Um, so I like I created a course to help people, you know, get the information that they need on their own. Um, but then also they have the ability to be able to pay for like a one-hour session. That way they still get some um, customized advice, um, but, you know, they're kind of maybe in a more do-it-yourself situation. So I want everyone to have access to a financial professional so that they can get customized advice. 
um, but at a cost that's affordable. And so the course is a really big deal for me right now. But then in general, like I said, I charge people based on income um, for comprehensive planning. So um, just launching the course, sharing the course, telling people more about it is probably my, my big project for the moment. Awesome, awesome. So now tell our audience where they can find you on social media, and if you have a website, let them know that as well. Yeah, my website is worth-winning.com, um, and you can find me on social media at um, Twitter on at worth underscore winning dot com. Well, not dot com, <laughs> just worth underscore winning, and then on uh, Instagram worth winning. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you. All right. Well, thank you, and you heard it from us. She's Lauren Williams. Uh, she did her thing in the in athletic world, in both track and field, and also in bobsledding as well. And she medaled in both the Summer and Winter Olympics, and she's uh, transitioned uh, very nicely in doing her thing as a financial planner with her firm titled Worth Winning and also has a podcast titled Worth Listening. And then check out the book titled The Oval Office. Lauren, thank you so much for being on the program despite uh, the circumstances right now. But thank you. Thank you so much for being back on. If you ever want to come back on, please feel free to let us know. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Ed. All right, you're welcome. Thank you again for being on. And that's going to do it for another exciting edition of The Robinson Show. I'm your host, Ed Robinson. And remember, for God first in everything you do and you can't go wrong. Until next time, stick to the script. I'm out. Remember, stay safe and stay inside. And we'll leave you now with Lauren Williams with winning one of her races. So long, everyone. And a fair start in the women's 200-meter dash. And look at Lauren Williams in lane four in the red uniform in the pink coming off the straightaway. The crowd comes to his feet on the outside. Simone Facey trying to hold on, but Lauren Williams in the pink continues to lead coming to the line. Lauren Williams winning the 200 meters. Wow, and a very, very good time for Lauren Williams as well. That, if it is win legal, which it is, is the fastest time. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician.